was dope. Hey guys, 3 in History back again to introduce our new segment, 5 Minutes in History. In this segment, we will be bringing to you short pieces of stories in history as opposed to one long episode on a single topic. And remember to visit our Instagram page and website by going to our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash 3 in History. And also reach out to us by emailing 3 in History, that's T-H-R-E-E in History at gmail.com. And tweeting on Twitter at 3 in History 1. Remember, you can find us by searching nerdybones.podbean.com and search under 3 in History. We can be found on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcast, and anywhere else you can listen to your podcast. And now we proudly bring to you 5 Minutes in History. Yeah. This is so cool because it, it, like, it, it gives us time to work on our big time t- topics. And uh, like tonight, like I had some stuff set up and I didn't have stuff fully written out. I had enough notice to like, go through and do research for enough for five minutes to talk about something yeah and, and it's not hard you know? no, well, <laughs> well no, i had a hard time no, what i'm what i'm getting at is if you're seriously interested in something you can take five minutes and learn no what, i agree yeah, i agree but my my problem was i kept finding topics that i really liked and so i'm like dude i want to do a whole right? podcast right. on yeah, this. it's kind of hard to find one that you want to do i had so i had so many yeah. I, I had so many ideas for this uh, segment of five minutes in history See, i did too but almost all the ones i wanted to do turned out to be folklore That's or problem. something like that yeah. and i'm like damn it like one I thought of was uh, the history of the domestication of the dog, which would have been that's, that, yeah, it's mm, a long topic. That, I, I couldn't have done that. You could have told the story in five minutes to get somebody's attention and be able to go search it after that. That's true. Yeah. So uh, what we're gonna do tonight is Jake and I have a couple prepared. We're gonna go back and forth, and then what are we what are we gonna do at the end of tonight's episode? We're gonna also introduce another part of our uh, three in history. Um, episodes, I guess. I would say so. Yeah. Uh, this is a different segment, though. We're gonna try to to kind of go with uh, who in history would you like to smoke a joint with? That, that, I think it's a great question. We're, that's, we're that's... gonna pick three different. Each of us are gonna pick three different people who we would like to sit down, chill, and just shoot the shit with. It's a great jumping off point in conversation. Yeah. yeah it's, I think it's perfect. But we're gonna get to that. So um, my first one that I'm going to bring tonight is a short five-minute story of Jimi Hendrix. And That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and I, I was literally sitting here like thinking, I was like, man, I, I like had so many ideas, and I looked up on the wall, and that I got a poster right there. Yeah, I got a poster that came from my dad's house, which was actually one of the physically last things he saw saw before he passed away was that poster. Uh-huh. So we're, I'm going to do a real quick five-minute story on Jimi Hendrix, and hopefully that'll, if, you, if you've never heard him before. Oh, we started the episode off with his. Uh, that Foxy was, Lady. That was Foxy Lady. Um, 
if, if you haven't heard of him before, right. this is a great time to learn about someone who has inst- like instrumentally. Oh, one of the cool things about him is he was a left-handed guitar player. But he didn't even play the guitar traditionally. He did he not. He learned how to play he, it upside down. He, you're so right. they you're didn't so right. really have... He, like, liter- he literally took a right-handed guitar, yep. took the strings off, turned it upside down, and strung it backwards. Yep. That's that crazy. He, he, so That's it's, it's amazing because someone who... Basically, complete, and not even basically, he completely taught himself to himself how to play an instrument. Oh, 100%. All with with no music theory, with no, and he's, so imagine <laughs> where he would have been if he had grown up reading music and, and learning oh, this instrument, man. you know, out, out straight, like, he would have. He's already almost like a Mozart of our time. Right. And if he, well, not even our time, but our parents' well, time. I'm going to mention that he's part of the 27 Club. Yes. And, you know, imagine if we would have had him further, you know, like if he was as old as Ozzy Osbourne now, there'd be like Hendrix Fest. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I honestly think, okay, so we got Ozzy, he went, like, went into like the heavy metal, blah, 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 blah. I think Hendrix would have like leaned into the metal genre so much that he would have been like, he would have been like a front, he would still be doing metal. He wouldn't be yeah. singing, he wouldn't be singing, <laughs> but he'd be playing that badass guitar. I don't know. It depends depend on how, uh, how much he took care of his health. I mean, obviously, he, took he a died. Lot of acid. Yeah, he took I was going to say, he died from, um, what was it, aspirating on his own vomit? He did. I'll, I'll, yeah, and then yeah. that has to do with, uh, I believe they said that he was drinking we'll, wine. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that. Sorry, okay. sorry. I, no, I, no, I know no, the subject a little bit, and I'm glad that you know the topic. Yeah. So, uh, it's music. Yeah, like, he, he was, you know me in music. His birth name was James Marshall Hendricks. He mm-hmm. was born in he was born November twenty seventh, nineteen forty two, in Seattle, Washington. Right on. And, uh, and Seattle has birthed so many amazing musicians. Exactly right. Exactly. Allison Chains. Kurt Cobain. Shout out. Kurt Cobain. Uh, grunge. Yeah, yeah. Grunge. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, his, uh, his his dad's name was James Allen Hendricks. His mother's name was Lucille Jetter. J e t t e r. He went to uh, Garfield High School in Seattle, Washington. Hmm. He, he graduated, and then he, uh, in 1961, he signs up for the U.S. military. A lot of people didn't know that about him. Yeah, I, I, I knew that, but it, like you said, not a lot of people knew because if you, don't, you don't associate someone so heavily into a type of music. The that counterculture. Was, yeah, exactly, because back then, he's what metallica was in like the 90s he's he's what he was even more like, so he was even more so like all you had before that was the beatles and yeah. then you got Jimi hendrix hitting the scene playing purple haze oh yeah and it blew my dad's mind well think about and, justin <laughs> coming out with just playing with the feedback like, like wah, wah, no wah, one wah, wah, had wah, really wah. done that up until then and like he mastered it and even to now people try to play feedback and you're just like if you know Jimmy, you're kind of like, uh, well, you're trying, brother. That's good, but trying, like, dude, you're just not the top notch. Well, one of the big things that I, uh, big conversations I have with my pops is like, because my grandpa is from Dublin, my dad was born here, mm. and my dad's favorite. My dad was born in 1955, and Jimmy was already on the scene, and my dad, or my grandpa, sadly enough, was not okay with my dad being, being enjoying a black music, a black musician. Yeah. That was just the times. Hmm. And like it my dad was like, whatever. Jimi Hendrix, man, you like put yourself in that position, you know, like I, I was in that position. Yeah, my mom yeah. did not still to this day does not like the music that I listen to. Yeah. My dad my dad's biggest story for me was uh, gra- uh my dad skipped uh church on Sunday and was in his room, had his headphones on. This was in the seventies, 
had his had his headphones on listening to a record and my grandpa stormed in the room because my grandpa did a sermon that day and my dad wasn't there Ooh. and he came in and ripped down all my dad's posters because <gasps> it was all the music's fault well yeah well, yeah. oh I, that's what dude that's thinks, seriously so. just like my heart just broke yeah. like I, I know um, growing well, you, up my posters imagine, were just imagine, all over my walls could you imagine the posters that my dad had that's, and yeah. what, they, what they would be? Okay, so the oh other day God. came through, because I work uh, at, in a frame shop occasionally at my job, and so I get some awesome artwork that comes through there and just different things that people like to... There's the dogs in the background, people. <laughs> that that comes with the show now, guys. That's just... A, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they like to play a lot. There's dogs here, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but these posters came through that this guy had from when he was a kid. And there was the doors. Oh, yeah. And um, who was the other one? The oh, oh, Pink Floyd. Oh, Floyd. It, was an, Floyd. it was an original yeah. Floyd poster. And they you could tell they, they were old. They had that kind of like colored tinge to them because they, had, yeah. they hadn't been protected from UV. But he, he wanted to preserve them, so he came and brought them in. And Very I cool. just felt super especially working in framing and stuff you know, exactly like so I, I like when i see these things come through i'm like i know how important this is and so nice putting it away i was like all super delicate with it i respect and, that yeah i respect that yeah it, it's just awesome to know that uh, there's other people out there where this this is this is so important to them the same as it is to to us because right. all three of us music has influenced our lives tremendously oh, yeah yeah the, that's what. That's kind of why I wanted to cover Hendrix because, like I said, we were talking about doing three in history tonight, and it was like I had these myriad of topics, and I'm used to you know, all three of us. She's doing like these huge deep dives in topics. It's like you know what? We only need to talk about it for five minutes. So let's uh, okay. Yeah. Let's let's do Hendrix because like that's my dad was one of the biggest influences in my life, and Hendrix was his favorite. And it's not that we can't do a whole episode on, on Jimmy. We probably it, will. It's just we, we probably will. Awesome to kind of let it, let people know who may not know who he is. Um, yeah, let get him a know taste. that he, he a taste. existed, and you should probably check him out. Not probably. You should check him out. We, we, here here at Three in History on the Nerdy Bones channel. Go listen to some Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, he like I said, he he joined the military, and he was actually discharged the year later because he signed up actually to be a paratrooper. Oh, wow. And that I did not know. Yeah, he was a paratrooper for a year. Never went on any deployments or anything, but then he ended up injuring his ankle, injuring his ankle on a jump where his parachute didn't open just right, and he was actually honorably discharged. Oh. so but, I mean, awesome he was honorably discharged, but, but that sucks. Yeah. Um, especially if you, if you signed up for the military with hopes of being a certain thing. That's got to be a little heartbreaking. Right. But at, at the same time, it's like, had he not busted up his ankle... And he continued he with might the military. Have been a would, yeah, he I mean, have, like, yeah. would he have continued to be Jimi Hendrix, or he would have been Jimi Hendrix, the military man? Yeah, I mean, well, do, he picked do, up. Do, do he, you think that would have influenced his music, or may he may not even have chosen to do music at all? Well, he he's he initially learned to play guitar at 15 years old, mm -hmm. and you know, so you know, right now we're looking at like age 20 to 21. And he saw the the instrument or the guitar in yeah. a dime store. That's right. Window. That's right. Yeah. The, it was a white Stratocaster. Yep. <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, he saw it, and, and it's like he, he would see it every single day yeah. and would go and, and you know, be like, well, was, I'm going to get that. Well, it was actually what expired, inspired the scene from Wayne's World when they see the guitar in the window. He goes, that will be mine. Oh, yes. Yeah. That actually inspired that scene. 
That's to, awesome. A little, little bit. Of, I wrote. I know, I know that feeling. I know that feeling too because before I got my piano, it's like every time I'd see a piano shop or I'd see a piano or whatever, I'm like, that one day will come. <laughs> that one day will come, and it did. And I still, I love that piano so yeah. much. Yeah. So, to, <laughs> so to keep it moving. Uh, he leaves the military. He gets a lot of odd jobs, and he's actually playing guitar in a bar in New York and gets discovered. There's several different people's names that are written down that are quote, credited for discovering Jimi Hendrix. That's like discovering Beethoven. That's like discovering Van, Do- Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. I, that's a, that could uh, make an awesome image. That's a, that's, a guy that, that's a guy that only paints Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost over my head. <laughs> so at this age, he's only 23 years old. Wow. Uh, he, they ended up taking him to London to record with the guy that actually recorded the Animals' first album. Kind of an obscure band, but you know they were big in the 60s and 70s. Okay. So it, he, Hendrix releases his first album called Got That Feeling in 1967. And, it, you know, it hits a charge, as it did. And one thing I really don't want to get into, but we do have in the back of our minds have to remember that this is a black artist in the 60s. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Well, and, and I mean, the thing is not even in the back of your mind. Like, they should know that he helped <laughs> bring people together and, and kind of break that. Not even kind of. He broke the racial barrier when it oh, came to musicians. The, the people who listened to musicians. Because they would be side by side at these concerts. Or, I don't know. Did they did they segregate the concerts? No, or did they no, not? no. Well, it speaks to my point of my grandfather being racist and not wanting my dad to enjoy it. And it was my yeah. dad's favorite. No, my, yeah. my grandpa was the same way. And, I mean, it, it's shameful. And, it, it, it's you know, you look at it and you're like, how can you be that way? But we did grow up in a different era. Where we're we are happily, you know where where we're at, but we still do have a long way to go. No, oh, yeah. So his first album did great, you know, get that feeling, and so he ended up doing uh, the Monterey Fest in the same year of 1967, and like that was like I actually looked up some uh, YouTube footage, like it's this weird grainy ass footage, and he's there playing all super young. Oh, nice. Yeah. What, what did he open, or was he? No, he was just he was just one that was. It was like literally like Ozfest. Oh, cool. Yeah. So his, you know, he did really well with the with the Monterey uh, Pop Fest, is what it was called. And then he released Axis Bold as Love, December first, nineteen sixty seven. So he released two albums in the same year. What songs were on these albums? Or, oh, or just, dude. Not, not even necessarily the whole album, but what what popular uh, songs? Like were Like Foxy Lady is on Axis Bold as Love. Are you nice. Are you experiences on Axis Bold as Love, which is a super super popular popular song. Uh, I'm going to quote a couple other ones later because uh, I have a, my favorite album is his third and final one. Like, here's the thing. He's like literally the Bruce Lee of music. Bruce Lee only did three movies, and he's the icon of martial arts. Jimi yeah. Jimi Hendrix only put out three albums, and he's the icon of the guitar. It's, it's also, though, I mean, with, with his death being as it was, um, it makes him icon. Um, iconized, right? That's iconicized. Iconicized. Yeah. There we go. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, we uh, fixed you it. Know. <laughs> um, but everybody who's in that 27 club, like yeah. uh, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, John Shoplin, Kurt Cobain, Alicia Brad Keys. Um, there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. and it, it's, it's sad, but it, it also almost kind of shows that so these people were so yeah. great. That even taken it taken from us during their and they're still here. Prime, they're still here. They're still talked about. Yeah, it's crazy. 
So Jimi Hendrix's fame just kept rising. And uh, the thing is, like I brought up a second ago, but it can't be ignored, the fact that he was African-American doing this crazy-ass music. It was... It was, uh, you know, rock and roll wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? It was the devil's music. I was just going to say that, yeah. They considered it the devil's music. You got to think about the 60s. You know, if it wasn't Buddy Holly and then, like, going to the ice cream shoppy, S-H-O-P-P-E, you know, it was bad. (laughs) Yeah, it was all seven square, man. Yeah. So my favorite album came out slightly after, in 1969, he did a two-hour set at Woodstock. You know, and that's where he, that's where he played the Star Spangled Banner and played it behind. Oh his yeah, head. that's yeah, that's, that's so. so yeah. If you don't know what that is, please, please yeah. check it out. It's so dope. He did a two-hour set. Yeah. It's two-hour set. Imagine your fingers. If you've ever played a guitar or a bass or anything like those things are rough on your fingers to to be able to play that long. Yeah. That's and that, that just intricate, shows how and great that, he was. And that intricately. Well, he could play behind his back. He played with his teeth. Yeah, he played with his teeth. <laughs> like, dude, I, I, I'm so sad he got taken away when he did. Because imagine, we were talking about earlier, imagine where he would be. Oh, yeah. I saw a story that was with Eric Clapton uh, where he said at the very beginning, uh, well, what was it? Where so the, Eric Clapton or Cream asked him to open for him. Yes. Did you see that? Yes. Yes. And then that uh, was at the fest. I he was, was yeah. About. Oh yeah. And he was having trouble playing a song. And I guess Jimmy came in and his version. He killed it, and everybody loved it. And Eric Clapton was like, "You didn't tell me it was that fucking good." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah, because he, he's basically like uh, wow. he went out after it, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. He's basically yeah. like, can you imagine being this guy who you're already like iconic? Yeah, and Eric never, Clapton. Yeah, Eric, Eric Clapton. Right. Exactly. Who's who's this guitar? It was, like, he was God a, he's a legend. He's yeah. a legend. He, he was in Cream, and then Eric Clapton. You yeah. Know, well, it would have been Cream. Well, first it would have been the Yardbirds. I know my shit. <laughs> <laughs> For, first it would have been the Yardbirds. Yep. That, and then it would have been just then it would have been Cream. Cream, yep. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not. Per, I'm not. But but I mean, right. like ima- imagine that though. Could you're you're just this guy who's great. Eric Clapton. And then Jimi Hendrix comes on before you. Hendrix comes on before you. A song that you've been having trouble with. Yeah, wouldn't you start questioning yourself like, a little bit, being like, "Whoa, that's am like I behind a, the time?" That's like being a stand-up comedian, and your openers you better. Will yeah. Ferrell or, or something like that. Well, your openers, Robin Williams. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, depending depending on the, the crowd, I mean, even Will Ferrell. Oh my God, I'd just be like, I can't top that. Yeah. <laughs> So in 1969, Electric Ladyland comes out. This is the one that he actually builds us. He actually I love get, that name. He actually yeah. gets he actually gets us enough money to build a studio to record this album in. That's our dream, man. Yeah, it, it, I forget. I, it's in Seattle. It's called Electric Ladyland Studios, and they still record music there today. Oh. So the big hits off that album are like everybody, every Jimmy fan, like knows these songs. We got Have You Ever Been? Have You Ever Been Experienced? Is the full name of that song. And then uh, Crosstown Traffic. Crosstown Traffic. Have you ever heard that track? Yeah. We, yeah. Crosstown Traffic. We tra- haven't done Rock Bad. And then we opened up with, oh, well, we didn't open up with Voodoo Child. We o- almost opened with Voodoo oh, Child. Foxy Lady, yeah. Yeah, we almost opened up with Voodoo, Voodoo Child. Like, that's it's been in so many movies. Yeah. It's been so many. Yep. It's been, it's been parodied so many times. Right there, it makes him a legend. So, and one thing that. Well, and these things, because sometimes people may not know. That they know the song, but that but was that, Jimi Hendrix. Where yeah. it came from, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I was playing um, at work the other night. It was uh, about almost two in the morning. Everything was closing up, and uh, on my playlist, I have Jimmy on there. And then uh, "Rainy Day" came on. You know the song "Rainy Day." 
revive it, it's me. A real obs- Sing it a little well, bit. Well, it's a real obscure song. There's not a lot of real singing in it. My dad used to talk to... My, this was like my dad's favorite song. Okay. Like, so it'd be raining and he'd throw the song on. It's like five minutes of just this really mellow guitar. Oh. And, and, then, my, and then my dad would be looking... My dad would look at me like, Hey... Look outside, man. <laughs> it's raining, and and in the song, I love your dad. Well, your in, dad. in the song, what my dad would do because what my dad would do is like mimic Jimmy right before he said it. So like you'd have this big long like build up, and then my dad be like, "Look outside, man." And then Jimmy it's says, raining. Right and, then, and then I'm like, "Dad." That's why I have such a love for Jimmy. Yeah. See, I know a lot of Jimmy songs. I just don't know their names. That's but but you only... know me in music. I try not. I try to disassociate myself with the person uh-huh. because I don't want something that that they are all about to taint the music. I for get me. that. I get that. Because you know, like political. There's a lot of musicians that I'm sure are d bags that I like. Yeah, yeah. You I gotta mean, separate the, the art from oh, the yeah. artist. Exactly, and to. that's what I try to do. E- even with like artists, like like painters and yeah, drawing, yeah. I try to I try to disassociate myself with them because. I don't want their art to be ruined because, like you said, they're dickbags. Eventually, or like that. a lot of these people, especially like we're just going to be our our standards are going to be so high that the people well, in, in the past we're just always going to find something that we can not like them for. Well, so. like uh, yeah. I'm piggybacking on literally what you both just said, I was thinking about it the other day. I remember being a little kid, oh, not a little kid in my early teens, and idolizing a lot of musicians. And I remember specifically finding out that Jonathan Davis, the singer of Korn, mm-hmm. had a kid. And I'm like, oh, that fucking makes him old. Fuck. <laughs> well, you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's just a weird thought. You know, like, yeah. yeah. I was like f- 13, 14. I'm like, the singer of Korn's got okay. a kid. Shit. I got a perfect example for you. Um, growing up, one, okay, one of my favorite bands is Muse. I've, I've loved uh, them Muse since. Is awesome, yeah, man. I've loved them since Sunburn when they were obscure and coming up in uh, England. And one of my brother's friends introduced them to us and i was just instantly in love and the vocals are great oh he's uh, matthew yeah. bellamy has like this voice that's just like oh i could listen for hours uh and his guitar he's another one who can control feedback just awesome yeah um but anyway my brother loved them yeah and then they started doing a little bit more electronic stuff and in my opinion, they do it so well that it's like, dude, it's just, it's just every album. They're a good band. Yeah, every album is is different, oh, yeah. but it's still Muse, and I, he I doesn't like it. Ne- I don't have a negative thing to say about those guys. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. I, I can just go on for hours. But my brother, when they start introducing in- electronics, he's like, they're not real musicians. Oh, they do. Come on, come he, on. He even Tool. Tool is like his band. You know me and Tool. That's right. like my heart right there. So but same it, with Muse. If you if you're gonna say a band, if they use electronics, isn't a band anymore, and then your Tool is your favorite band. Well, no, they used <laughs> to be his favorite band, but then Danny Carey started using more of the electronic like stuff for his drums. But to me, his drum set is not even like a drum it's set. An, it's a so whole full circle, it, and then like a, a giant chimes next drums. to it's him. A yeah, compu- it's basically Accessories. it's basically <laughs> a computer if you think about it. Well, but he's got, but it's not even necessarily just a computer because he's just got a all these piece of axi- different instruments. Yeah, really massive is. instruments just a, and he knows. He's so fucking good. He'll just like reach over and he's like, "That's where my bells are." Bing. Yeah. Like it. it it's just in, instinct for him, and he's this giant guy. Yeah, he's tall. Behind this drum set, and it's just effortless for him. So you made me think of something that I didn't write down, and I'm really glad you made me think of this. Mm. So when somebody think about this, and I'm sure anybody out there has probably heard this in one way or another. So mm-hmm. if anybody is like the best at something, they say he's the Jimi Hendrix of that. 
True. Yeah, no, I have heard that. Yeah, like he's, I've heard that's that. a pretty yeah, yeah that's pretty yeah, awesome. Like he's the Jimi Hendrix of blah blah blah. He's the, like so It's like the Chuck Norris of Kung Fu. Yeah, or the Bruce Lee or the or the or exactly. the or the or Michael the, Jordan. Or yeah. the Michael Jordan. Oh yeah, Michael Jordan's when you hear a lot. Or the John Wayne or the yeah. you know, like so he created a legacy and only put out three albums. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's gotta be something there's something to be said there. By your mid Mid to by twenty yeah twenty twenty seven was like yeah, twenty seven is well, that when he put out the last one uh, he probably, probably was a little bit before so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so he never actually got married uh, he had possibly had two children there was two women that could possibly have been their parents but I didn't write that down I didn't find it necessary. Well, and DNA tests back then weren't really a thing so yeah, yeah. as long as like there's somebody living now so they put a one of sample now that's right now, but no, you're good, you're good. One of the big things that I was just like really excited to write down because I was like googling facts is that he was in uh, 1969. He was actually supposed to be on the Ed Sullivan show. Oh, wow. and they, that's a huge uh, like yeah, honor. Yeah. So and uh, before we get into the finish of everything, uh, the the awards that Jimmy got were amazing. And the, the shitty thing is he didn't get them till after he passed. Well, with the yeah. best artists, that's what happens. Yeah, so in uh, 2009 and in 1999, he was inducted into the music uh, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice, which is, uh, that's pretty legit. Yeah, it is. So, and then in 1992, he was given uh, the American Lifetime Achievement Award. And yeah. I don't know who received that, but I think that's pretty amazing that somebody that died at 27 years old. Achieved his goal by, yeah, yeah, dude. I wish. <laughs> and uh, I uh, I looked it up I looked up this acronym, but honestly, I just don't remember what it is. It's this really weird phrasing, of, but it's the NME. He was given the award of a uh, 1976 most missed. He, dude, it's so. 2021, and he's still a most. Yeah. So missed. what what does what these people do is they go through like year by year, and they like give an award to the person that's most missed from that year. Oh, yeah, I know, but I'm saying yeah. to this day, there's still people who are like, dude, if, of everybody, please bring him back. Yeah, yeah, right. All right and then, Okay, so uh, September 18th, 1970, uh, he joins the 27 Club. He's uh, after, after a concert, he's partying with his girlfriend, doing probably, bar- probably allegedly barbiturates, drinking. And I heard it, it was he mixed wine with liquor. That's here's the thing is you have to say allegedly. We don't know. Yeah, no, I know. I, that's why I said he supposedly. Yeah, that's what, what I said. That's why I say barbiturates because that's just a broad circuit. Yeah. But uh, well, if anybody has ever mixed wine with anything else, yeah. don't do it. You feel like doo-doo. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy was also into heroin, also into cocaine, yeah. also into acid, and uh, you know this was the era of free love. And uh, he passed out on his back on the bed next to his girlfriend, and he vomited in his sleep. And aspirated. He, yeah, he asphyxiated, a- aspirated. Uh, there's a couple other words. <laughs> well, if the aspirated means that he, he breathed the vomit oh, into his right. lungs. Oh, you're right. Okay. And yeah. since he That's breathed the vomit right. into his lungs, you don't all, you, <laughs> you don't choke. All, you, you you choke. You you suffocate. And it also starts giving you pneumonia yeah. that, mm-hmm. because of all of the bacteria that goes into your lungs, and you drown. Yeah. So that was my uh, not quite five minutes in history on Jimi Hendrix. My fault. <laughs> no, that's but the I'm point. I'm sorry. He deserves it. That's the point. All right. So I went with a little bit of a theme for my three. I have uh, three presidents that had kind of uh, uh, weird tragedies that happened that maybe not, maybe haven't heard of before. So 
Uh, the first one is John Tyler. Uh, he I've never even heard of John Tyler. John Tyler was the 10th president of the United States and was the first to ascend to the presidency as a vice president after the current president died in office. So William Henry Harrison, the ninth president, died after only 31 days in office after giving the longest inauguration speech in U.S. history <laughs> without a coat or a hat on a cold, rainy day. Well, oh, no. He died shortly yeah. after. <laughs> Why would you do that? Not smart. No. In the early 1800s, too. Uh, so his vice president, John Tyler, then set the, preci- the precedent for how we handle the death of a sitting president by immediately ta- taking the oath of office and moving into the White House and taking over full presidential duties, which eventually is, was made official by the 25th Amendment. Uh, a couple other John Tyler facts. He fathered more than any other American president, 15 <laughs> children. Got busy. Uh, his last child was born in 1860. He was born in 1790, so that's almost 70. Uh, one of his oldest uh, children, Lion, was born in 1853 and had a child in 1928, who is still living as of the time of this recording. The 10th president. Had a, and uh, In fact, he had a second one who just died in September of 2020. Also. That's, that's freaking nuts, insane. Right? Well, think with Charlie Chaplin. He was still giving yeah. up you so know, his sperm and babies yeah. when he was pretty well into his age. <laughs> but this Charlie is 17. Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin was in the ni- early 1900s. Well, like, no, no, no. I'm just that, saying, no, I'm just saying you, that yeah. the, uh, guys can still produce children at yeah. such an older no, that's age. True, yeah. And he's just one who, who had done that as well. I don't think we ever lose that. <laughs> you just lose the ability to lose. You know, you need a stick after to get a while. It there, to get yeah, it there. exactly. That's why they made Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, jo- uh, John Tyler took office after only 31 days uh, being vice president, and unfortunately, after only a year and five months after the first president of the U.S. died in office, the first first lady also died uh, off of a stroke. Uh, so Letitia Tyler. Oh, she died from a stroke. Yeah, she had, she was uh, she had been very ill throughout. She uh, suffered a stroke two years before her husband even became vice president, and uh, she had oh, been in a wheelchair. Oh man! Oh, that sucks. And uh, about a year and a half after her death, John had his eye on a hot little twenty-one-year-old named Julia. Douche. Uh, well, she was a year and a half after she died. Well, oh, I'm just oh, supposed to wait. I didn't put that together. But uh, I will clarify, though. He, oh, so he was 30 years older than her, but uh, oh, he wasn't too him, worried man. about that. But <laughs> he had actually been introduced to Julia before the death of his first wife. But after she died, he made it clear that he wanted Julia. Uh, he proposed a few times, but Julia declined each time. So uh, on to the, the, the tragedy she here. She declined until she realized he had money. Uh, well, um, but, I mean, he, would, he was already president at that time, so. But, That's what I'm saying. Oh. He got, he got uh, government. She's like, what do you mean, fame? <laughs> he, he, he okay. Got, he got government money. He got government money. Uh, so on February 28th, 1844, uh, President John Tyler, along with about 400 uh, guests, were aboard the USS Princeton on a ceremonial cruise down the Potomac River. Several members of Tyler's cabinet were on board, as well as Dolly Madison, widow and fo- uh, widow of founding father and the fourth U.S. president, James Madison, uh, as well as Julia and her father, David Gardner, who was a New York senator at the time. So it's President Tyler, Julia. So she was already in a political family. She, yeah, she was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the, the newly built warship, uh, the Princeton, had been fitted with several uh, carronades. I think that's how you pronounce it. Carronades? The, the, little, the little cannons, you know, that, yeah, on, yeah. on the wheel, you know. Uh, so they, they had several of those, but also a newly designed long gun called the Orator, 
uh, was renamed to by the captain to the Oregon gun. Uh, the captain wanted two long guns on his ship, so the Peacemaker was added. Uh, Peacemaker was bigger, uh, but it was built with older American technology that was not really as durable. Uh, they reportedly fired it five times before certifying as fully proofed. <laughs> and so, uh, not quite enough. That's not quite. That's not a test run. That's not a so test run. That's just basically like we build it. It's good. Yeah, oh yeah. Let's they just were ready. They just kind of rushed good. it out there. Let's just, let's just put some bullets in it. It'll fire. Shit! It backfired. Meh. So while Tyler and his guests were sailing down the river, uh, Captain Stockton decided to fire the peacemaker to impress everyone on board. <laughs> Two shots rang out, and the crowd burst into wild applause. I thought we were going to say in the flames for a second. No. Sorry. No, no, honestly, that's where I thought it was it's going. Okay. It's okay. Uh, two shots rang out, and the crowd burst into wild applause. Flames. Then they went down below, and they had a toast. And uh, at some point, someone realized that they were pass- passing Mount Vernon. This is George Washington. Yeah, I was going to say, but the Potomac River's up north in Washington, right? Virginia, yeah, it's uh, in there, yeah. Uh, so they're passing George Washington's area, and so somebody decided we got to fire one more shot in, in honor of George Washington. So uh, <clears throat> at first, Captain Stockton was a little bit skeptical, uh, skeptical but uh, at the, he finally decided, all right, let's do one more. So the where gu- are they shooting <clears throat> these at? Into the air? Pro- probably just, or in or just, probably off just random. In a, probably just like Riverside. Just yeah, it's like not at the play you know it's, they're not shooting it at there but they're shooting it in the river there's nobody else you know okay no i, I was thinking i'm like they're not shooting this at like the sails no. or some shit like that works i'm i'm anticipating this horrible disaster <laughs> well, well mount vernon this is his how like the the plantation where they were mount uh, george washington had lived so well, I know, but I'm, I'm saying like every time every time you say something, I'm expecting it to end with oh. this yeah, right, right, disaster. Right, right. Yeah. I, I did mention burst, that there's disaster. That's why I was like, so. bursting the flames? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, the gun, uh, the Peacemaker, as I said, it wasn't very durable compared to the other one. Uh, it overheated, and it did explode. So hot metal and shrapnel flew into the crowd, I've killing, heard this story. killing six people, including the Secretary of the Navy, Thomas Gil- uh, Gilmer, who had just been appointed in the last week, unfortunately. Dude. And Secretary of State Abel P. Upshur, as well P. as Upshur, yeah, as well as President Tyler's slave Armistead. Yes, he had a slave, and uh, Julia's father, Senator David Gardner. So her father died in this. Uh, another twenty or so people were injured, including. Oh, wait, and who shot the the, the captain? Gu- stock the stu- the captain of the show. Okay, it wasn't the president. <laughs> No, no, he was down below. In fact, they uh, they had the toast, and uh, the president and Julia, they were down below. uh, When When the gun exploded? When the gun exploded. Tyler was actually on his way up, and it happened. They pulled him back down. Julia, when she found out that her father had died, she fainted, and uh, she didn't regain consciousness until someone carried her off the boat, who she later found out was President Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, after the death of her father, she saw the president in a different light, and they did marry four months later. Oh. And the disaster. Uh, four, four months later? Yeah, four months later. And the dis- disaster did the, lead the, to. The, he's the one who carried her off the boat, you said. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she's, she just saw that he her did care about her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the disaster did leave, uh, lead to a re examining of the manuf- manufacturing of cannons, which is good, but. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, that was that story. Five minutes in history. Not flames, but shrapnel. Yeah, see, that one was a lot closer to five minutes. I'll try to do better. So on my next round, I'm going to cover jujitsu. Yeah. It's, uh, nice. like, when we were first thinking about this, this is the very first one that came to my mind. I was like, bah! 
Nice. Yeah, because yeah, like I, I talk about jujitsu all the time with a lot of people. Uh, most of the fans of like the long term podcast, like the, you know, maybe just getting into three in history. But in, I'm a lifelong uh, martial arts practitioner of several different styles. Jiu-Jitsu's one that uh, just spoke to me is my favorite. So nice. Here's five minutes in history on jujitsu. Sweet. So jujitsu dates back to roughly around 1573. Wow. That's Roughly, you know, you know, pretty rough, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, it was known as jujitsu or no. It's uh these are these uh older Japanese words are really hard to say. So just bear with me. So Zalana's gonna help me with some pronunciation here, just out of respect. I want we want to try to say these names as accurately as possible. Yeah, and I am not a. S- fluent speaker of Japanese. Uh, I'm not even like a like novice. (laughs) I just, Mm. I've just watched some anime. Uh, Here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the thing. I'll I'll phrase it perfectly like this. Between the three of us trying to say these names over and over again, her sounded the best. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, so like I said, we started off uh, Jiu-Jitsu dates back to the uh, earliest, kind of written down to 1573. So we come to the very first name. Uh, go ahead. Is Nihon Kyoryu. Which is, uh, I, oh, look, I got goosebumps because I looked up so much about this guy. He's amazing. Uh, he was, uh, his lineage is really interesting. He grew up in a clan of warrior monks and stuff like that. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to get into uh, Samurai and Dami and stuff like that. But I'm keeping the story as short as I can. All right, so this guy's a badass. So, Sweet. So he's a badass. And then he meets and teaches our next name. He's a Mori Takenouchi. So he opens the first official jujitsu school in Japan. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, so he's the very first one to, like, and this is in 1570. Something know. or other. Yeah. So what jujitsu means is ju in Japanese, J-I-U means gentle. And then jitsu or jutsu, depending on which style you're talking about, means art. So jujitsu means gentle art. Hmm. So be, the main thing is there's no striking in jujitsu. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because uh, so many of the other ones are focused upon either striking with your fist, your forearms, your knees, Offense, your yeah. elbows, your whatever right. you can throw at them to slap them out of it. Right. So there's the, the, the jujitsu is more grappling, right? I'm getting this. Yes. So there's no telling 100% where the technique of jujitsu started at its 100% core. There's a lot of theories, but jujitsu is what they call a grandfather art. 99% of all their martial arts out there have a little bit of an aspect of jujitsu in it, whether they meant to or not. Like the, it's uh, they could be from completely different countries. Well, my brother used to do Taekwondo, and there's grappling within that, too. It's more footwork. And Korean. I think Taekwondo is Korean, I think. I believe so. My grandpa actually was the one who introduced him to it. My grandpa was in the Korean War and learned Taekwondo when he was over there and became a Taekwondo uh, master. That's pretty legit. That's pretty legit. When my brother went through Taekwondo from white belt to black belt. That's no joke. My grandpa started over and started from white belt to black belt all over again. That's legit. Yeah, it, it was so awesome watching him. Um, yeah. I just wasn't allowed to do it because apparently I'm too violent. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a good outlet. It's a good outlet. That's what I thought. So, jujitsu, you know, we already talked about the samurai. It was almost exclusively used by the samurai. 
And the reason for this is they were, you know, they were generals more or less. Like you had a daimyo. A daimyo is more like, uh, in very generic terms, think of a daimyo as like a governor. They were a warlord of an area and they ran the area. And a samurai would control like other, there's, there's so many different names, but a samurai is somebody that more or less is, it does work for the daimyo. So to say, this warlord over here has got beef with this warlord, he sends his samurai over. And you know, those samurai go fight that samurai. And the thing is, is your style, your jujitsu, your, it, it, you won, you kick their ass. Like, cause jujitsu is not 100% lethal. It's not supposed to be lethal. That's why it's called the gentle art. So you say you kick their ass, you, you, you know. Well, they also, the samurais also had Bushido. Yes, the, the, the way of the, the blade, sword. The way of yeah. The so here's the big thing. Everybody talks, oh, jujitsu sucks. Jujitsu sucks because there's no striking. Oh, if you don't know jujitsu, then you mm, might yeah. think it sucks. Well, you, but remember you know I showed, it, it's pretty awesome. So this is what I'm getting at. Remember, I showed you the Imanari roll before we started watching the. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good luck getting out of that one. Leg, yeah, 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 yeah good luck. Leg. That's going to come out of nowhere, and you're going to be like, what? So why jujitsu became popular and started getting used is because samurai wore armor. There's no point in punching somebody wearing armor. Well, yeah, and even with a sword and an arrow, and you can get them, but only so much because it, it's going to be shortened um, and the speed's going to be taken down by going through the armor. Right. So, do you, so you take you, them I, I see where you're getting at. Well, so I, uh, I, did, I got most of my stuff that I should touch on from my actual jiu-jitsu instructor from 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. His name is Anthony Burchek. Straight from the mouth. So check him out. He's a bad motherfucker. He's actually going to, in uh, two weeks, he's going to make his actual UFC debut. So booyah. Awesome. <laughs> so... There's no point in punching somebody wearing armor. So what Anthony would say is you take them and break them. You, mm-hmm. ta- you take and break. Because you know, like, there's no point in punching a chest that's plated armor. You're going to hurt yourself. Well, well, you I, have to, I, have to, I, have to, I have to actually respect a Sifu Burchek. Let me back. Sifu Burchek. That's how you don't. You go straight for the, you go for the joints. You bend and break. You take and break. So if you're wearing a thick piece of armor, there's no point in punching somebody. You know, and so most, most samurai had their three main weapons, the katana, the wakasashi, and the tanto. And so the, the jiu-jitsu was meant to be less lethal, or if you, got on, if, or if you were unarmed. So I would say jiu-jitsu... Well, think about sometimes in, in battle, you didn't want to kill the person because you needed intel. There you so go. So you would want to um, incapacitate them, but you didn't necessarily want to kill them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's funny, you actually brought me to a great point right here. It's actually my next point. So the ninja actually came into existence to more or less in a very generic way to fight the samurai. So every ninja weapon was actually a farm tool. Ninchaku nunchucks are actually made for picking up rice. Sais are actually a farming tool to fucking gr- to like till grain. That you'd be, it'd blow your mind how many ninja weapons are just farming tools. Um... Weren't the ninjas used as kind of like a backhanded way to get intel from, like, so it could be the samurai, it could be different clans, it could be different things, because they were almost like a secret society. You didn't, you didn't know who the ninjas were unless that's you were supposed were to know who the ninjas were. Yeah. That's why ninja vanish. Oh, and, th- and <laughs> they were known for, for being quiet. Well, they were, they were history's first mercenaries. Yes. And, and a lot of people don't. I've I've heard that phrase a bunch in like in all my martial arts classes and stuff. And if you think about that, that's a really true statement. Yeah. I'm sure there was others before, but they were the first true mercenaries where they well, were trained they were assassins. from from as old as they could pick up a sword. Yeah. 
So the, the birth of the ninja was to fight the samurai because these guys were all in armor. Yeah. And these dudes had to figure stuff out. That's why the nunchaku, like I said. Uh, well, like, their, their weapons were also purposely stealth. used to counteract 100%, the, the 100%. samurai weapons. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Uh, there's one called the Kasorigama. Mm-hmm. It's a sickle. It's a sickle with a uh, long chain and a ball at the end. Yes, those things are so cool because yeah. you can wrap it around specifically and pull their weapon out of their hand. Exactly. I'm it's, sorry. I know all this stuff because I, I, I'm a violent person, <laughs> and this is just fascinating to me. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and without like getting too deep in everything, because it'll be a full episode if we would really want to. do Oh it. yeah, don't get me started. Yeah. So there, there's a huge. Uh, in history, there's a huge conflict between the Japanese and the Chinese. Yes. And there's, a, there's occupation back and forth. And uh, just statistically, there's a lot more Chinese than there's Japanese. So there was a, at this specific time we're going to get into, there was a Chinese occupation of Japan, which is in your late 1800s and your early 1900s. Mm-hmm. This is where they're actually introducing ammunition mm-hmm. and, and, exactly. and weaponry that's, exactly. that can actually pierce armor yeah so you know the firearm comes into play you mm-hmm. know and gatling gun yeah and the bullet yep and the so what really happens is there's a band that goes across the entirety of most most areas of japan there's some spots that didn't like comply but all martial arts were banned so peasants couldn't defend themselves it's mm. hmm. rough hmm. So you know, and that's and, and there and this is where you get the what's called the uh, the roaming judoka. So judoka is a practitioner of jujitsu. Is actually where George Lucas got the word Jedi. Oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now this brings us to this guy's name is so hard. It's it's, it's a really important name. So I don't want to fuck it up. This is our best. This <laughs> is this is our best shot. <laughs> okay. So his name is Mitsuyo. Maeda. So he was, like I said, a traveling judoka. And he left Japan to try to preserve the practices of jiu-jitsu and martial arts, bushudo, meditation, stuff like that, because everything was being oppressed. Because, like, uh, whether whichever side you're talking about, it was, like, back and forth. People were not allowed to, like, whether Japan was on the top or blah, 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 blah. People were just being oppressed, not allowed to do, not allowed to further their culture, put mm. it that way. Well, that was the, that was the thing back then. The, almost all of the original, just just culture of Japan that that made them them, was becoming Americanized, mm-hmm. and their their culture was just going by the wayside. You got you got to think that the war was coming up. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. when when the war came, they started pulling people into oh, uh, yeah, y- y- yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like like the even the that's geisha. A, that's a great point. The geisha's whole entire like. Um, ceremonies and things changed because it almost it had to e- everything has, has changed I mean they still practice with, with like the geisha traditionally and everything but um, a lot some of them just they, they yeah they just changed yeah, it, sorry well, they, they, well, I they weren't stuttered allowed, right there <laughs> well they, they weren't allowed to keep their culture no and then that's so sad to me yeah. that is so sad because imagine growing up a certain way with with your traditions uh-huh. that 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 that's Espe- what you're especially used to. if you're a judoka in 1917 think about that for a minute yeah. think about that for a minute like you're still in japan that's semi-traditional like well, that's a broad statement like what we would conceive as 
traditional. Well, compared compared to America, yeah. Even though they were becoming Americanized, they were still very, and, and very it, deep into their culture. Right, and that's really kind of like ignorant for me to say traditional, but that's the word I use because I've been in martial arts all my life. That's like you have to follow tradition. That's what I've always heard. Like no, th- it, that's, it, it, that's, yeah. When I, I was in martial arts for just a little bit, and that that is the true yeah. statement there. So meets you meets. Uh, Meets Carlos Gracie, the infamous Carlos Gracie, and I'm sure you've heard of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Hmm. Uh, yeah, see, yeah, you've heard. Have you heard of Gracie, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu? So he. Um, I I will be honest and say no, I have not. Okay. I, I I know of Jiu-Jitsu and then some about it, but it's not something that I I, I have okay. history knowledge of. All right, so he teaches Gracie this Japanese version of Jiu-Jitsu, and then he changes it up. He kind of adds a little, some stuff here and there, takes things away, and then you get Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in 1920. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. This is going to be very assumptuous, mm-hmm. uh, but very, I'm very curious. Does it involve any, like, capoeira no. moves? No. Okay. No. But it's a, it's a valid question. I didn't know. I, I just didn't know because it's, as he said that they kind of added things to it. It's, and it, it just makes a, me wonder where the additives came from. Well, the ads, the ads are, like, uh, it's really interesting to explain because you get something called, like, rubber guard and butterfly hold and a lot of different, like, technical moves in jiu-jitsu, like the, like, like the Imanara roll that I showed you before. And, yeah, that's pretty and, cool. Uh, like is, a, is that specific to his uh, that's, jiu-jitsu? That's Brazilian, yes. And wow. Then, and then you have like the Umaplata, which is a very technical arm bar. Well, I'm using arm bar just because I can't, you guys can't see us and I can't. It, it's basically an arm bar where, yeah, I, it's very technical. And without the marriage of Japanese and Brazilian techniques, the Umaplata wouldn't be what it is. Mm-hmm. So, so what I'm getting at is ju- uh, Gracie Jiu Jitsu gets entered in the, the UFC, the first UFC. Okay. You know, and like fucking, they, they, we got Helio, we got Hoist, uh, Hoyler, all these Gracies that are just amazing because they've been taught from like the day they were born how to fucking grapple and roll. They call it rolling. Well, when you're little like that, you're just built for it. Yeah. And, when, and the one big thing that Julio did was yoga. Was like if you do yoga and you practice being bendy, there's no position your body can get put in that will make you tap out. Makes oh, sense. yeah. I highly recommend yoga. Yoga is great. Yeah. So, uh, that's kind of jumping ahead of myself talking about uh, MMA, but in 1973, uh, it's uh, Car C A R L E Y. It's a it's a Brazilian name. That's it's his first name. It C A R L E Y Gracie. Actually, Carly. what's that? Carly. C A R L E Y. C A R L E Y. It's a male name. Uh, I just don't know how to say it perfectly. Carly. Yeah, that's what I said. Carly. Carlay. Carlay or something like that. Is this like, like Kanoe? <laughs> Maybe. So he. <laughs> Sorry, inside joke there, guys. Yeah. So he he actually takes and displays jujitsu at uh, the government uh, judicial board for like sports and stuff like that, and it actually gets allowed into the United States. So 1973 is when we get, or 72 is when we get our very first jujitsu school in the United States. Right on. Where was it at? At San Francisco. Wow. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, is without that, you know, so you get jujitsu, you know, of course, we've got all these ring fighters, blah, 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 blah. And then, then these guys that study boxing start studying how to grapple. And I'm, I'm sure if you guys don't know by now, no zero understanding of jujitsu until listening to this by now, the jujitsu is about grabbing, breaking, taking and breaking. 
So you add taking and breaking to standing and banging. Mm-hmm. You got fucking you got a, a, a recipe to fucking to kick people's asses. So now you got MMA. And today, as of today, you Google it today, right this second, the most popular martial art in the United States is jiu-jitsu. Hmm. And that's that's my five minutes on jiu-jitsu. It's badass. I like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, my second story centers around Franklin Pierce. He was the 14th president of the United States. He's widely considered one of the worst presidents in U.S. history, as he arguably contributed to the start of the Civil War. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that would make him pretty bad. Arguably. Arguably. He's not the only one. Allegedly. There's a lot. lot. But (laughs) he he certainly didn't help, especially with uh, his policy when he was in office. Uh, His presidency did start with an unthinkable tragedy, though. Uh, he is known for completing the Gadsden Purchase, which is actually relevant to the three of us. This is when the U.S. agreed to pay Mexico $10 million for what later became parts of South Amer- uh, so- uh, Southern Arizona, including Tucson and Yuma. Otherwise known as parts unknown. And this year was? Uh, 1854. And then uh, it also included small parts of New Mexico, too. Nice. Uh, so he's also known for uh, the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which ultimately led to what was known as Bleeding Kansas. Now, both of these subjects would be tough to cover in five minutes in history on their own. But the Gadsden Purchase, which is uh, started by the Mexican-American War, uh, also as well as the, the Bleeding Kansas and all this stuff, that would be tough to cover in five minutes in history on their own. So I, I kind of have to summarize, but... Basically, th- with the, the Bleeding Kansas and the Kansas-Nebraska Act, it was a series of violent confrontations between the anti-slavery and pro-slavery governments in the new Kansas Territory. Pro-slavery sl- uh, settlers from Missouri came in hopes of convincing Kansas to join as a slave state, while abolitionists from the East moved in hoping uh, to make it become a free state. Uh, really short, the Kansas-Nebraska Act ultimately, ultimately repealed the Missouri Compromise of 1820, which stated that any new state north of Missouri's southern border, not including Missouri, would join as a free state, while any uh, state south of Missouri could join as a south state. When the act was repealed, any, uh, any state could then choose which state they preferred to join as, so it was kind of a sneaky way for the pro-slavery factions to get possibly more slave states. It would upset the, the balance in, in government because the north and the south were equal, but if... Uh, more north started joining as slave states then they could override the and get the whole country to be like that and get the whole country to be like that good that it did not have it it is very good uh so that's hence one of the reasons why he contributed to the civil war he was definitely not the only one but uh he he was part of it uh anyway back to his tragedy he and his wife had two children that died at a very early age uh their third son benjamin was not excited for his father to become president, and his wife actually shared this sentiment as well. Uh, sadly, just after Pierce was voted in, but before he was actually uh, sworn in, his uh, wife's uncle died. Uh, so both Benjamin and his mother Jane were very close to the uncle. They went to the funeral in Boston, and on January 6th, 1853, the three boarded a train from Andover back to New oh. their home in New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, they boarded a two-car train at about 1 p.m. Jane and uh, Pierce were on, uh, Franklin Pierce, were the president, were on one seat uh, with 11-year-old Benjamin across from them. Just minutes after the train took off, one of its axles fractured, and their train car went off the tracks and down a 20-foot embankment. <laughs> 
the 20 oh the, yeah it's not funny uh, it gets pretty tragic the new york times said that the uh the train uh quote broke in pieces like a cigar box franklin and jane were bruised up a bit but mostly unharmed but benjamin was unfortunately nearly decapitated and died in instantly. front of his mother and in front father of them uh pierce did not realize he was dead until he took off benjamin's cap oh, uh, the boy's mother. head was reportedly like jelly uh, uh, Pierce never recovered from this. Uh, he believed as no parent would. Dude, he believed Benjamin's death was God's judgment for his political campaigning. Uh, back in the day, they were not supposed to want office. Uh, it was because they were getting away from the throne, and so if you were seeking office, that made it look like you were trying to ascend to power. I know exactly. What Whereas you're if about, you yeah. uh, were given office, you're not supposed to turn it down. But you can. It's like being elected sheriff. Exactly. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking or about. Or being elected to, um, was it Congress? What was it for um, the Romans? Uh, the Senate. Senate. Yeah. There Senate, we go. Yeah. There we go. I was like, oh God, why can't I think of that word? But they were elected as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, yeah, I, they I weren't supposed to uh, seek the. Well, but I mean, they that's were, different. But, from it, England, but it's the same thing as, as yeah, you said. Yeah. But you, 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 um, you accept it, accept but you don't it. seek it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which honestly, I think that's a great way to go about it because if people are electing this person, it's a it's a unanimous vote for this one person that is. What? Supposed to 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 represent your views. Well, that's how most sheriffs originally got picked. Yeah. They were just like, well, like Wyatt Earp. Yeah, yeah, like, here you go, man. <laughs> Wyatt Earp was not seeking yeah. the um, the star no, um, when it when it happened. Like, okay, corral oh, time. Oh, that's, that's one that I'm I, actually, I was just going to say. I was like, but we'll get into that because yeah. we so, have a great episode No, I have a great up. idea for my next one of my topics for my next uh, five minutes in history. The origin of the badge. Oh, nice. nice. Interesting. I was going to talk about how in an upcoming episode, we're going to do a duality. Mm-hmm. Where, That's going to be so much fun. Yes, it is. Uh, Keith's going to focus on Wyatt Earp, and I'm going to focus on Doc Holliday. That's going to be so cool. And we're going to go back and forth until we're the, tell the, the story. Of the story okay Corral, right? Yeah, until the story collides. And then from That's there, so it's great. the two of them until I'm the end. I'm so excited for that. Yes. I'm so excited. And, and obviously, do you guys? This is this is something that's close to our heart. We're from oh, Tucson, well, Arizona. We, li- we live like what an hour Tube, drive. Tombstone is just an hour drive away. We've all been there. They they it's have part of us fright up. night every Halloween that we go to, and it's yeah. it's a tradition, man. Yeah. And, and it's something that's close to yeah. close to we, town. We, we grew up heart. with it. We grew up with it. Yeah. Um, that, that was basically. Uh, he refused to take the oath of office on the Bible because he was. Too uh, well, it hit him pretty hard. Yeah. I'd say. Oh wait, wait, wait! So, when, so re- when he was going into office, he refused to take the oath on the Bible, and then afterwards, his kid was. No, no, that no, happened before. That, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I'm, no, I was yeah. trying to clarify because I was like, yeah. wait a minute. Is yeah, like, he I was like, well, he basically and, refused to touch the Bible after his kids. Yeah, because he figured yeah. God was punishing him. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, that's rough. I mean, how else are you supposed to process that? But, well, especially no. back then, they didn't. They had no way of. That's really what I'm knowing. saying. Back yeah, then, extra with, with how your so. your beliefs were, you yeah. would have to think that Super he, God had forsaken you. He supposedly uh, did his uh, speech by memory. He had. Uh, he did have that's the. Kind of legit. He did have the paper, but uh, but he didn't look at his notes. 
That's kind How of long legit. was the speech? Or do you know? Um, it wasn't anywhere near the two hours that I told you about. Wasn't the first episode Mr. Non-Coat Man Henry who decided to yeah. get pneumonia? No, yeah, it was a lot shorter than that. Non- probably non-coat man. But it, they said it well, was. I know, I know what you meant because you said that. His, like, speech, oh, yeah. his speech there went down pretty well because it was from the heart. But yeah, otherwise he wasn't the best dude. Not, not the best. There, what was the, that? The, what, the beginning presidents were all kind of shady. A lot of them. Well, like that's funny because that very first one you started off with, I'd never heard of that dude. Had but you heard the, of this guy, Franklin yes, Pierce? I have, yeah. Well, Franklin technically, Pierce, I'm going to say, say you have heard of the guy, but it's been a long time since we've been in school, since, so since, it's very since, easily forgotten. It was. It's been a long time since I've had to relay the knowledge. No, exactly. So That's what I'm saying. So, like, it's, so it's gone. <laughs> I remember in uh, eighth grade learning about the presidents, and there was like a little song or rhythm that was to it to learn to learn them in order and know all of their names mm. i could not get that down for the life of me <laughs> i could do all 50 states because there's a song for that uh-huh. but i not the presidents do you remember the animaniacs when yakko sings all the nations of the world no i'm playing it at the end of this podcast that's nice <laughs> well, that, that's a segue into um our next topic actually yeah. that keith's going to do oh that's perfect i didn't even do that on, i didn't see i didn't even do that on that's purpose good. That i know pretty, i'm just, just that natural. good man i'm so, just kidding i'm not that good I, so I don't my that. my uh this topic was uh one of my handful of ones that i first thought of and i was like you know what i could i can do this like this is well it's something we grew up with right and, and yeah and it's, the, it's, another thing that's dear to our heart yeah and it's, i talk about it all the time like in jest like without even thinking about it yeah so uh, this topic is cartoon violence. I'm not saying we condone violence, but I c- it's what I condone we it. I condone cartoon violence. Yeah. No, that's what I was getting at. We do not depending, condone depending. violence, I mean, but I this is animated yeah, violence. The, these characters cannot die, which is what's yeah. emphasized in it, is right. that they you take a giant rubber mallet to the head and all they get is stars <laughs> around it. That's and then the best. They go, they shake it off and go right back. Like Tom and Jerry. That, that's, See, the, that's, that's a Tom and Jerry that's thing. That's actually the focus of this topic. Nice. Because I think that's genuinely, because I, I Googled so much over the last few weeks when I was thinking about this, so many of like OG cartoons and like trying to Wiley find. Wile E. Coyote and the so Roadrunner. So what I found initially, the best place to start, it was with your early 1930s Donald Duck and um, Mickey Mouse. Okay. So they get hurt and nothing happens. Right. Oh yeah. You know, like uh, like you get that you get that classic cartoon physics of like Wiley e. Coyote walking off a cliff and not but falling. But until, until they, when they look down, they lose gravity and then they fall. But if, right. if they don't if look, they, they can walk down, as long yeah. as they can. Exactly. That, that's in Who um, Framed Roger Rabbit. Exactly. Remember? Exactly. Well, I I love that. Movie. When we first started talking here a second ago, I thought of uh, when Yosemite Sam comes flying out of uh, Toontown and he's like, "My biscuits are burning." My, My biscuits. biscuits are burning. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a character that's ass is on fire, but he's okay. Oh, yeah, he, he just, he just looked at, this is a classic dude. He just rubs his butt on the ground, and he's like, okay, okay. And he goes back. Yeah. And, th- and think about the bullets that are alive. Oh, dude, that one's so cool because <laughs> he's got all the bullets, and each one has its own personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah I forgot about that. There's that, one, there's that one that's a Native American with a hat or with a tomahawk, and he's like, I'll fly him forward. That's the best. Yeah, they, they that like, one's not... Racially, the the best. What should I say then? You want well, to no, I mean, I mean it's, it's a great, it's a great character, but that's another thing. Well, I'm getting into it's, the time. It's, it's an animated thing. Well, it's, it's not a serious. Anyway, we have to remember the time. Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out in 1987. Oh wow. yeah, there there's so many things that back then that were just off kilter, but this is this is an animated 
This is one of the first movies that was animated and live action. Wasn't that great? Yeah, that was oh, it's a, a cool movie. it's an awesome movie. Like the characters are just great. And, and I always talk love about the weasels. Jessica Rabbit. I always yes. love the weasels. Yes, I was going to say. Speaking Rabbit. of cartoon yeah, violence, yeah, Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> No, I had red hair. I went through that, that just was, rabbit thing. That was for the listeners because they all fist bumped at the same time. We yeah. Did. <laughs> hey, I have to fist bump for Jessica Rabbit. Was, I always yeah, wanted right. to be her. I, man. Was, I always loved that patty cake. Patty cake. <laughs> 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 she caught him playing patty cake with somebody else. Yeah, the, the, he's got the. the yeah. That explodes. Right. Um, Fucking Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But man. talking about cartoon violence, one of the things that sticks out in my head is from Roger, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. When the villain has the little squeaky shoe. The dip. The dip. And, dude, it bro- it's, it's, it's a cartoon. Wow. But as a little it's kid. A shoe. It's a cartoon it, shoe. Yeah, it's it a cartoon shoe. It broke my heart because it's called the dip. This is the, only, the only thing, thing that, can that kill kills a tune. A tune. And so he's he's slowly lowering it down into the dip, and you hear him, and then he goes into the dip, and then he's just not squeaking. Do you, do you remember? <laughs> do you remember who that actor was? That was the bad guy. Oh yeah, it's uh oh shit, what's his name? He played. Uh, he played he's in Taxi. He played Doc he's Brown. Doc Brown, yes. Christopher um, Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. Yeah. God, I'm so bad with names. You so, got me. So uh, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna focus on Tom and Jerry because this is what made me think of this topic, and that's my huh? my opinion. So uh, Tom and Jerry was a Hanna Barbera cartoon de- yep. di- debuted in 1940. So it was Kabong, El Kabong. He was Hanna Barbera, and he was very violent too. Yeah. So was Yogi Berra. Or Yogi, Yogi Berra. So it was. So it was Joseph Hanna and William Barbera. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I've written, I've I was like, it's Hannah Barbera, so it's got to be Barbera. <laughs> so, like I said, they, they had their first debut in 1940. It was uh, February 10th in a in a short called "Puss Gets the Boot." Not. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Poor puss. And, and I remember I actually went and watched it on YouTube. It's super racist. It's to, it's like Tom chasing Jerry, and there's this mammy, which is uh, you know that, that's bad. That's but it was not 1940. Cool, but it was 1940. I mean, that's what's sad. It's back then, that was considered okay. Right. And, but the thing is, is we know now and that I, is not and okay. What's, and what sucks is people our age know what I mean when I say the word mammy, because that's like, it's not a racist term. It's a stereotype. Well, it, it be, be, by being a stereotype, it, it has become a racial slur. Well, like Bugs Bunny wore blackface. Which is horrible. Yeah. That's why they took out. Do we still have Splash Mountain, or did they finally take that out I don't because know. of uh, Brer Rabbit and Brer Bear and there's the Tar Baby, and that uh, that's so horrible. But yeah. we're getting away from the topic here. Yeah, cartoon and, and, violence. Cartoon. Yeah. Violence. yeah I mean, well, we're, we're explaining kind of where we come we come from because right. as kids, we still grew up in an era uh, when we were little, where things were still pretty poorly viewed upon. And, yeah. and, and we, we were expected to take on in our parents' footsteps where they they were raised in knowing this hatred. But, but it was quote-unquote okay. Yes. But us growing up, we, we grew up differently where we saw the... I'm going to get into 90s cartoons, so... Yeah, but you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We, we kind of grew up differently where, where we're um, not... 
into all of the horrible things our parents grew up with. Oh, for sure. Not for not saying sure. that our parents were okay with it. It's just what they grew up with. Oh, yeah. It was it was uh, a Their little watered down. Their generation was a little more okay with it. Yeah. Well, they were and, okay with it. It's an interesting thing. Is like every generation, like uh, we understand a little bit more. It's we, we're we, evolving you know. as human beings. Well, I think cartoon violence is kind of a metaphor for that because one of the things that I wrote down is uh, does cartoon violence actually affect how children act? And like I've, like I've gone, I've gone and played GTA as a teenager and like killed hookers and set fire stuff. <laughs> Dude, and, GTA and, is my thing. You know, like, I, oh and, man. You know, you know, I, I've gone, I've gone and like after doing that for like two hours, gone to Circle K and got a candy bar and a soda and gone right back home. I didn't think once about fucking shooting anybody. Well, you know, my to, deal is okay. I not like, to, this not is to what mention I, the gory ass movies I watch. But did you actually see a prostitute after you just beat up uh, the prostitute? No. Well, no, okay, this is mine. I get into my car in, in GTA. I do not drive on the road because why drive on the road when there's a whole bunch of pedestrians on the sidewalk that you can just take out? I see. And get out of your car and decide that they lost, the, they died, and you, their money is now yours. <laughs> but when you get out of your car, the next car that pulls up is so much better than your car. So you get to drop that guy, steal his car, and then go around and find the weapons which the best one's the baseball bat to just beat people with the baseball <laughs> no, bat it, it's good. so like i'm sorry the, the feeling that you get Brass but I, is fun too. yeah <laughs> but i've never once thought about picking up a baseball bat and beating someone with it keith hit me with a baseball bat in the back one time i did Fuck <laughs> you were a baseball player though she probably had a bat i was that. not I had my back to him. I was completely innocent. <laughs> I, That's but, but I had also no did backyard wrestling, yeah. Keith. So <laughs> it, it was just kind of like an instant. <laughs> no, I hit, him the, I hit him with baseball bat way before I did backyard wrestling. Yeah, we okay, see, I'm trying to save face here. No, <laughs> no he's, he's I'm, a horrible. I maliciously person. hit him with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Jacob sometimes. Deserves getting hit by a baseball fucking bat? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's that's pretty horrible. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So as we go along, cartoons kind of like kind of change their standards. What's okay? You know, like there's, you know, when we were kids in the 90s, there was some racial stuff, but it wasn't as like connotative. But you had a lot of adult themes. Yes. Like in a lot, like. Think about how many random like SpongeBob has all kinds of like. Oh yeah, innuendos. I can't even tell you how many YouTube videos I've watched of like adult jokes you missed and blah 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 cartoons. Ren this will. Uh, oh, Ren and Stimpy was bring, one. Yeah. I'm about to bring up Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy <laughs> it, it has brought cartoon <laughs> violence to a maximum. I so, love that show. Yeah. So in the '80s, I honestly feel like '80s cartoon is '80s cartoons is like the core of uh, like cartoon culture. Mm. You know, because like seventies, they tested the limits a lot. Well, so we ha- we had classics like He Man, Transformers, oh Thunder- yeah, 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 Thundercats, yeah, yeah. GI Joe, She-Ra. 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 Like so that like so that's like you hey, know no that's that's fighting oh well, what what about like Scooby Doo yeah Scooby Doo was just like at the end it's like oh no let's just remove the mask and everything's okay like well, we've been I, terrified this whole time and yeah I think of like Bugs Bunny with like you know Wabbit season Duck, duck season, season you know shooting oh when he and, shoots Daffy Duck uh, and like, it's like his bill fall like like just totally spins around or falls off you're despicable yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, what I was getting into is like 80s, 90s cartoons. Is like when we started watching them, we had stuff like Looney Tunes. Yes. Yeah, you know, and then we and had then like, Tiny Tunes. We had like Wabbit Season, Duck Season. And the big thing with like Looney Tunes is like they coined the whole thing of like Yosemite Sam having a bomb in his hand and it blow, <laughs> it like blowing up and then he's just like all black and covered with coal and yeah, his mustache is singed. And but then it, the next scene, he's fine. He's perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah. You know, and then how many times has like uh, another like Elmer Fudd shot like or even Yosemite Sam shot somebody and then they like take a drink of water and then like the wa- like they. Sp- Spart out holes, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forget about that. Uh, yeah, or or they get run over by something and they're flat, and then like they grab their own head and pull themselves up. And yeah, s- stand yeah. Up, or know. or they flow into their thumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like, I, 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 or ones where it's like they get disfigured, like with the the monster. Yeah. The, the big red monster. Oh yeah. And they shave him off, and he, you know, he's shameful. He's like. Ah! Because he's supposed to be all like super tough, but right. then when they shave him, he gets all ashamed. Well, it's like when, but uh, he's, his hair grows back. Right, it, like in the next scene, he's fine. Yeah, it's like you know what we were talking about earlier with like uh, Tom and Jerry. Like Jerry would hit Tom in the face with a pan, and his face would take the shape of the frying pan. Yeah, yeah. or or he would like get smashed by a uh, like an anvil, and then go walking off like an, an accordion. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, I've never, was, I, I've never seen a cartoon before. Yeah, right? it, oh. when when he would set out the traps. But the yeah. traps never got Jerry. It always got him. Yeah. And, you know, because, I mean, think about it. If you got snapped by a mousetrap, you are fucked. Yeah. But him, he was just like, ah, yeah, yeah. He was what Jerry. Is it? What was it? What, how did they do that? Uh, oh, Jerry's, Jerry's yell. Oh. I know exactly Tom or Tom's yell when he gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they all had one, like, Goofy's was, ah, Yeah. Tom had a very specific yell. Yeah, exactly. They all, they all did. Yeah. And uh, so now we're going to move on to Ren and Stimpy. Dude, R- my, Ren, my jam. In the 90s, they pushed the envelope for weird. Dude, I remember yeah. this is my one of my favorite episodes. Dude. So. Go ahead. Powder Toast Man. Oh, Powder. He, yeah, he was, yeah. No, I'm not going to lie. He, 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 he would take off by farting. Farting, yep. yep and, and, and then fly like backwards. cinnamon sprinkles. And then he would take off by farting, but he would fly backwards. That yes. Was, that was the dude with I his had little this, undies. I had this little, like, okay, Powder do you Powder Toast Man. Do you remember when we were kids, you could get these, um, they were plastic, but if you wet them, they would stick to the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, like little, almost like baseball cards, but they're just little plastic, like, decals. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, ha- I had one of Powder Toast Man that was uh, right next to my light switch. Mm. I loved Powder Toast Man. But this one doesn't involve Powder Toast Man. Or the horse, because the horse is also weird, oh, creepy, yeah, and hilarious. Right. Um, but laugh all big. <laughs> <laughs> I, they, they're grating the guy's arm with a cheese grater. Yeah. So imagine that that that's and, and they slow down and show, do it in slow motion too. Well, and they so zoom <laughs> in and you can see it like super, you know, you see like the boils in the guy's arm and everything. It's uh, all yeah. like grotesque. And they, they, they do it in slow motion with the sound effect. Like yes, <laughs> and then they add <laughs> lemon juice to it uh, and then salt. Oh yeah. I and sadly at that age I knew where I'm like oh this is fucked up. Yeah, this- but I couldn't stop watching yeah. and giggling. Like, dude, that guy's going to get fucked up. Uh, yeah. So Ren and Stimpy was uh, created by John Kerfuckalus. That's that's his name. I think we should rewind it's, and check. Whatever. K-R-U-F-C-F. K-R-U-C-F-A-L-U-C-S-I. Kerfuckalusy. Kerfuckalusy. Look. Kerfuckalusy. 
Uh, it looks like Crick Falusi or <laughs> Let's Falusi. fucking get rid of that and say that I shit. I told right. you. I was like, that is not right. I wrote it down right. Crick Falusi. Okay, why don't we look this up? Okay, let's do it. Who created Ren and Stimpy? John Crick Falusi. Dude, to that's what I fucking said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, at least we Googled it. Jacob is very, very proud of himself right oh, now. Well, I mean, that was just a guess. But just that, was, a guess. that was a lucky guess. Okay, I, I gotta say two things about Ren and Stimpy. That if we don't say him, we're not doing it justice. And if you don't know it, you don't know Ren and Stimpy. One is, don't whiz, don't whiz on the electric fence. <laughs> yeah, right. And then the other one log, is, log, log. Yeah. It's better than bad, it's wood. Log, log. It's better than bad, it's good. Yeah. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone wants a log. Log, log, log. <laughs> I wanted a log. So the very first the very <laughs> the very first Ren and Stimpy pilot was in nineteen ninety one, believe it or not. Damn. Yeah, it is How old would that have made us? Nine. Nine? Yeah. It didn't get its big debut until two thousand. Well, like it, it's big debut because it was on Nickelodeon for a long time and they got syndicated in two thousand and that's where like a lot of people got to see it after that. But uh, there was this particular episode that got banned because of violence. Nice. And that's why I had to. You know, Wait, did we get them. to see this before it was banned, though? I did. Okay, <laughs> then, okay. I, I need to know which episode it is. You can still see it on YouTube. Well, so, yeah, but I, I want to know if I grew up with it. Okay, so uh, just a real quick, uh, Billy West was the voice of Ren and Stimpy. He was. He also does Bender on Futurama and Fry. Nice. Dude, I love Futurama. Yeah. So the name, of, <laughs> so the name of this episode was uh, it aired in two thousand three, like once it got syndicated, it got picked up and got new episodes. So uh, this episode is called "Man's Best Friend." So Ren gets disciplined by their owner by the name of George. <laughs> uh, so Ren and Stimpy have an owner named George in this episode. So mm-hmm. Ren, so Ren gets disciplined and proceeds to beat the crap out of him with a baseball bat and all kinds of other Ren's to beat type stuff you can imagine. Like I said, a cheese grater. They they they, they even have there's even a scene where Stimpy holds Stimpy p- holds up a camera and Ren holds up this guy all beaten up and puts a cigar in his mouth and puts a cigar in his own mouth and they take a photo of like Ren's holding him <laughs> up. And, I haven't seen <laughs> this yeah, one. Yeah, Victory it, pose. yeah, it's called it's called Man's Best Friend. <laughs> and, oh, YouTube it is. <laughs> so this. Uh, got it, it got it pulled from the air and then initially it ultimately got Ren Stimpy canceled. <laughs> so we'll have to, you have to You know what's funny is is I wonder if it has to do with the fact that it was a it, if it was Ren beating Stimpy or Stimpy beating Ren but he beat probably wouldn't do it exactly. I was gonna say that became too real. Yeah. In such a fake world. So in the kind of in the sidelines of all this going on, uh, we had Tipper Gore Fucking with oh, shit. Oh, yeah. That's when we've had to have the stickers not parental, for kids. Pr- parental violence. Uh, from 93 to 2001 is when she was doing all her shit to where everything got raided and explicit. stuff. Explicit. Yeah. and uh, We're explicit. But she's just kind of a pre- <laughs> she's just a precursor. She's just a precursor to what I'm getting at is uh, in 1968, uh, the American Movie Association decided to put in a rating system. In 1968? 68. Uh... That's what I googled. Oh, I believe you. <laughs> 19, so they <clears throat> they put that into like your R through you know your G through R. Oh wow! I on, I honestly did not realize. I it didn't was realize that it. Old. I didn't realize. But thinking it, yeah. about it, when we were kids, Disney was rated G. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. True. Well. So, but it, I, I think that's the best way to kind of end it off, like the cartoon violence, like bringing us all more or less to having a movie rating. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just want to talk about how. Because it's all about how what kids are absorbing. Yeah, so I want to talk about just how the fact that us watching the cartoons that we watched have shaped who we are today. My name was He-Man, X-Men. Oh, I remember X-Men. <laughs> I had the biggest crutch on Gambit. Batman. I, mean, I know that's a cartoon character. but all, yeah. the, all the nerd girls I know love Gambit. It's because it, he's, he's a saucy Cajun. Well, and I used to always feel so bad. I'd be like, oh, they love each other so much. Rogue and Gambit and Mom, but they can't be together. <laughs> That's so, so sad. So I got to give some honorable mentions just like in the more or less violent cartoon genre that uh, like people wouldn't think to like really after listening to this, watch these cartoons. Be like, oh, shit. It's time for Animaniacs. <laughs> Animaniacs. <laughs> Animaniacs is number one. God, I love that show. After that is Invader Zim. Oh, my God. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Got to give a shout out to Invader Zim. That is my cartoon. Jo- Joaquin Vasquez or Juan. Uh, uh, Joaquin. Joaquin. It's Jonan Vasquez. I can't believe I, I got that so left field. And talk about violence. Oh, um, dude, right. Invader Zim, a lot of it, it got pulled more gory. because of, yeah. A lot of it had more to do with the, the adult innuendos in it. What about that one where he went around collecting all the kids' organs and swallowing them? And it, oh, dude, that one is great. When it he, looks when like he you have a case of the, looks like you have a case of the head pigeons. Yeah, because he's got the pigeon. All you hear is when he's crawling <laughs> through the vents. And you're so like, cool, cool. And all the other all the other kids are like the cooing. He's gay because when he eats the liver yeah. and he can't can't hold anymore, so and blah, he, keeps, blah, he keeps like falling out of his <laughs> yeah. But no, he had uh, he had his comic books, which is comic books are great. If you're a comic book nerd, Johnny I, I just yeah. Johnny Homicide Maniac. Squee is mm. a great one. Um, and my favorite is Filler Bunny. Filler Bunny. Talk about cartoon violence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That poor bunny is violated in so many different ways, <laughs> yet keeps coming back in every yeah. you know, after every experiment where it's like, dude, right. no way. But it's a comic book. Yeah. Even like Jonah Vasquez like eh, draws himself into the comic book, and he's like trying to portray himself as a person in the comic book, but then super you know naturally busts through the wind the, right. the ceiling to go and get a Slurpee. The, the one the one I'm gonna leave off on and give a big recommendation to is a so it's a comic book from the early 2000s and uh, Amazon just recently started making a show for it. it's adult only. It's called Invincible. It's basically about a, a Superman equivalent. That will punch somebody and turn them in the mist. It's dope. It's pretty legit. (laughs) So, yeah, but uh, that's uh, uh, five minutes in history on basic idea of cartoon violence. Go watch something violent. Uh (laughs) Go watch something violent. Don't do something violent. Go get it out of your system. We realize that they are not one and the same, but some people out there don't. So my last one is uh, about James Garfield. This is the uh, 20th president of the United States. He's the only sitting member of the House of Representatives to be elected president. He was an enthusiastic abolitionist who believed that the leaders of the Confederacy had forfeited their constitutional rights. In fact, he actually supported confiscating southern plantations and even exiling or executing the leaders to ensure that the the end of slavery. Uh, he spent some time fighting in the Civil War, uh, riding, rising from lieutenant colonel to uh, full colonel in less than a month. 
Now, wow. Uh, ultimately, he uh, won a seat in Congress in 1862, so still in the middle of the, uh, of the war. Uh, at this time, the Republican Party is split into two factions. So there's the stalwarts. They are in favor of what's called federal government patro- the patronage system, which is when a person's appointed to government based on their loyalty, like party loyalty, uh, as opposed to le- so like when they're, they basically help the official win and maintain positions. So it's more like a spoil system. Uh, then there's the half-breeds who supported the civil service reform, which is when a person's hired based on their merit, so how good they are. Uh, Garfield was Please a half... Please, let's go back to the merit system. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the uh, well, Garfield was a half-breed. He uh, won the Republican nomination, and to appease the stalwarts, they added Chester A. Arthur as uh, the vice president. He was, the, uh, he was a stalwart. So there was one of each of them to make sure that the Balance Republican party was a little happier, yeah. So uh, another stalwart named Charles, uh, Charles Gateau had written some speeches praising Garfield and felt like he'd done enough to earn a cabinet position for the president, specifically the Consul of Paris, uh, despite the fact that he spoke no foreign languages, including French. Uh, Gateau ultimately was not given a job, and he came to believe it was because he was a stalwart. If Arthur were president, then the stalwarts wouldn't be getting overlooked like this. Uh, he bought a gun... And he believed uh, he bought a gun that he believed would look impressive in a museum, uh, 44 British Bulldog. <laughs> and he followed uh, Garfield several times around, but he, he ended up losing his nerve each time uh, until on July 2nd, 1881. Garfield was in uh, Washington's Baltimore and Potomac train station, and he was in a deep conversation with his secretary of state, James Blaine, when Gateau pulled out his revolver and shot Garfield twice. Uh, once it gla- uh, glanced off his arm, but the second one hit him in the back, shattering a rib and it embedding itself into his uh, his abdomen. This is a great story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gitto- I mean, it gets getting into a great story. Yeah, yeah. Gateau briefly thought about fleeing, but he gave up quickly. Uh, as he was led away, he said, I did it. I will go to jail for it. I am a stalwart, and Ar- Arthur will be president. Uh, <laughs> News spread of his words, and uh, honestly, many people were actually upset with the stalwarts about this. It did not help their cause. Uh, among those at the train station was a man named Robert Todd Lincoln, uh, president, uh, the former president's son. He was very, very close to Lincoln's uh, assassination. He was at, at the White House right down the street when Lincoln was assassinated. He was at the train station when uh, Garfield was shot. And he actually was very close to the third uh, one that happened uh, not not long after that, uh, William McKinley. Uh, anyway, this guy's bad luck. Don't yeah, it's there, pretty guys. rough for him. Uh, Gar- Garfield was taken to a private office where several doctors examined him with unwashed fingers. <laughs> At this time, a man named Joseph Lin- uh, Lister had been spreading word about sterilizing instruments to, preve- to prevent infection in wounds, but it just hadn't really taken hold in the U.S., and well, no by the way, think about this. You, you mentioned that they're examining it with unwashed fingers. Mm-hmm. So to just get a visual there, they're sticking their dirty fingers inside a wound. In an already dirty hole that wound. just got shot. <laughs> yes. Yes. And think, think about back then. They they washed their hands with water. Mm. Not soap, or, but water. Or their if own they, urine. Yeah. If they even washed their if hands. If they washed anything, yeah. Many of them, they didn't believe in it. They just thought it was... They thought it was... You know. We're going to get into that on Civil War surgery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so 
but yeah anyway n- none of the doctors that were uh watching over him believed in washing <laughs> your hands so uh over the next few days garfield started to show some improvements uh he wasn't able to walk but he could sit up and write uh doctors kept probing the wound trying to find the <laughs> bullet there was no oh, it's not funny but no it's funny. funny but it's not it's, it's tragically it was funny. a long time it was over two. It, it's not too ago. soon for this one we but can laugh yeah um, there was no x-ray at the time, but uh, the main doctor was pretty certain he knew about where it was. Uh, Alexander Graham Bell, had inv- he had a primitive metal detector that was used. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the doctor basically limited where Bell could search for it, so uh, it made some noises. They thought it was... Uh, basically, it, uh, it made some noises where the doctor thought it was, and so it reaffirmed his... Uh, idea that that's where it was so they just kind of they <laughs> settled with that yeah. he was um, a bigger guy though too wasn't he he's a little bit bigger yeah yeah so uh, that yeah, makes it a little in bit fact, harder yeah it's a, at, at one point he was at 210 pounds Jeez. yeah so i mean that's a lot of stuff to poke around in yeah. so uh <clears throat> unf- so uh he had the primitive metal detector that was used unfortunately they couldn't uh they they never found where it actually was uh, he was fed oatmeal porridge, which he hated, and <laughs> uh, milk from a cow. Uh, one of the first air conditioning units was actually created. It was uh, air propelled by fans over ice and Very then nice. dried. Yeah. Uh, it was also created to try and keep him comfortable. Uh, on Ju- July 23rd, so it happened on July, Ju- July 2nd, so a little under a month later, uh, his temperature rose to 104. An abscess had developed around the wound. So he was operated on, and a drainage tube was added. This helped initially, and he was able to hold a short cabinet meeting in his bed, though uh, his members were told not to bring up anything that would excite him. Doctors kept probing the wound, (laughs) attempting to widen the wound, hoping to make it easier to find the bullet, but to no avail. Okay, this is because I know you've been doing some research on the the medical things back then. Did they have a scalpel at this time? A scalpel? Yeah, scalpel. Good question. That, that actually... Sorry, they had I, tools, so well, they possibly. Had a, they had yeah. a lot of different tools. A scalpel, honestly, wasn't one of the first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it, so yeah. I understand. Because I was going to say, if they had a scalpel, why didn't they just cut the wound Because, open? yeah, they tore it mostly. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. They had... I mean, they had no, like... <laughs> well, <coughs> most of their cutting they did with saw blades. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this, they're just sitting there, and they're not probing it with one finger. Now they're trying to probe it with two to stretch the well, fucking shit out. Yeah, yeah pretty they're much. They're really getting in there with their hands. Yeah. Dirty-ass yeah. fingers. Oh. Just well, think about back then. This is where it's like, don't lose the baby in the bathwater, because they only took baths so often. Mm. Right. Don't throw, throw out the baby with the bathwater. So, so he's probably, not only are they poking it with dirty fingers, he himself is not clean. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, truth. Uh, so I it, guarantee he, you he hasn't bathed since he got injured. Oh yeah, but I'm sure Dude, they that's what smelly bad. So much. Yeah. Uh, his weight dropped from 210 to 130 pounds. Oh, Holy cow! Doctors feared that the bullet had pierced his intestines, and so they limited his solid food intake. Uh, and mi- as of mid-August, doctors insisted that he f- be fed rectally. Oh God! Uh, re- he received beef bouillon, egg yolks, milk, whiskey, and drops of opium, all fed to him this way. Through his butt? Through the rectal. That's, exact, that's exactly what it is, Keith. That's horrible. Yep. As you can imagine, none of this actually worked. Uh, yeah, this is all medical nonsense at this point. 
They were giving him morphine. I did see that they were giving him morphine. Well, but yeah, that but, really I'm, wasn't but I'm helping. saying feeding him through his butt is, is yeah, now no. known don't you, do you that. Cannot it's really not going to go to your stomach. No, it it's not. Yeah, you can't absorb what you need to. No, not exact. Because <laughs> that's an exit only. Yeah. Suppose, well, that's what the body sees it as. 80 days after being shot. And then repeatedly probed in his bullet hole, and then <laughs> eventually his butthole as well. <laughs> uh, during Sorry. this insanely humid summer with uh, primitive air conditioning, no x ray or sanitized instruments, James Garfield died on September 19, 1881. I'm 80 sure days. By that time, days. he's probably like, fucking stop poking me right. and just let me die. I'm sure he was so, so, bad sure he was so, so in long. shock. That, yeah, that's probably it. His body probably went into shock and he died yeah. because of the, the infection in itself. Oh, uh, it was, he was just completely... He probably had multiple infections. Well, he had, yeah, he was just infected all over. Uh, it was six months after being sworn into office. <laughs> uh, Gitto, the killer, argued that he wasn't the murderer since Garfield had survived for four months after the shooting. But ultimately, he was hanged in June I'm of 1882. I'm sorry, but in a way, I have to agree with him because the doctors murdered him. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, the doctors murdered him. The bill, the, he probably nowadays would have survived from that the, bullet the, wound. Well, he he would have. They, they, they do believe that he definitely would have survived from the bullet wound. He would have done better if they uh, had just left it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that they left it alone. If it was probably if it had been a superficial wound, um, he would have healed over and. Yeah, but they like they would have wanted to get the bullet out, but it definitely. This just goes to to go into what we're going through right now with COVID. Yeah. Wash your goddamn <laughs> hands. Wash your hands. And then, uh, yeah, he uh, Gitto claimed that God had taken away his free will at the time. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the first ones of that one. Yeah. With that testimony. Yeah. So that was uh. Five minutes in history. Yeah. That ended up being quite a bit longer. And now we're going to go into who we would like to chill out with for uh, smoke a little joint with. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with uh, my first three. I would go with Leonardo da Vinci. Nice. And then we're going to go into Van Gogh. Uh. And then Bob Ross. These are all... I, I'm an artist. These are all people I have looked up to who have influentially just totally given me my inspiration for my art nice Leonardo da Vinci is one I would love to just pick his brain because he was so intelligent so talented we still use his drawings to this day in medical because of they're so detailed and and well done and it would just be interested interesting to hear where he came from how how he became an artist what what he his inspiration was yeah, yeah. where he's coming from and what what he used to hone his art and then with van gogh it's he he's one who suffered from mental illness yeah as i do myself yeah. and he used his art as a way to relieve his his, his mental illness he, it was a it was a um, medication kind of like like to him without him even really realizing it one of the, the one thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is they love starry nights the the, mm, the painting yeah. and I mean I agree it's, it's a beautiful painting it's on my phone it's my cover and my animation on my phone but what people don't know is that was painted or the idea came from his window 
of the insane asylum looking out from the view of what he saw. And that just speaks... Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, loads to me because um, I've been there and I've done my art in there and it had been my safe face. That's the thing that has saved my life over and over and over again. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of the struggles that I went through are some, some struggles that he went through himself. Oh, the yeah. only difference is I have medication now, and hmm. unfortunately, he did not. That's legit, yeah. And then lastly, Bob Ross is just... I wouldn't be an artist <clears throat> if it wasn't for yeah. Bob Ross. I grew up, and I had kind of a weird childhood, and I was bullied a lot, and so I, I tried to escape. And I love... I still, to this day, love public mm. broadcasting. Um antique roadshow Woo! <laughs> I, I, that's so like old lady but I don't fucking care um, but Bob Ross was there when I was upset Bob Ross was always happy Bob Ross made me realize that even if everybody else were assholes or they, they were poking at me they could whatever this one thing could, could, could make me safe could make me okay nice. and that's art nobody could get to me through my art because that was personal. That, that's what I had to make me happy. Well, these happy little trees <laughs> and these happy accidents. Yeah. And I mean, it's bringing tears to my eyes right now. I know, he, right? He, was, he was that important to me. And um, so important that I am going to do an episode on that's Bob gonna Ross. Awesome. That's yeah. going to be awesome. Be yeah. It, it, um, I just I think that he's one where his story needs to be told. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, for sure. So that's my three guys. Uh, my three real quick. I would uh, definitely number one. I would say Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle okay, yeah, yeah, so that hard. would be like, so awesome. He's always he's been my favorite stand-up comedian forever. No, agreed. Uh, he would he'd be interesting to talk to. He'd be funny to talk to. I mean, he's uh, intelligent too. Yeah, exactly. Extremely intelligent. Uh, second, Snoop. Snoop. Oh. Snoopaloop. Oh yeah. Snoop. Yeah, and then, but uh, if you if you do Snoop, you got to do Stuart, Martha Stewart too. At the same time, come. yeah, at the same time, that would be super come. cool. And then I, a third one, I, I just went with Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen would be the same thing. That. He'd be hilarious. Yeah, he'd he's in our age too. group too, yeah, so, it's, exactly. so it's like there'd be a lot of jokes that yeah, yeah, we would we would yeah. get. The mine would be off right off the top. It was kind of a struggle uh, between the top two. Probably Robin Williams number one. Yeah, that's a good one. The, the, yeah. the, I, I couldn't only imagine what that would be like. I could say Robin Williams <laughs> would bo- most definitely be your number one. <laughs> yeah, Robin Williams number one. Stanley probably two. Yeah. They just I can only imagine smoking out and talking comics with that guy because he basically created it. Mm. Yeah. And then honestly, after that, I've, I actually remember having this conversation with my dad smoking a joint with Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Carrey? Yeah. Oh my good. God! Can yeah. you imagine? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I we grew up with that guy. It'd be so great to smoke a joint with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Would you say smoking? Like, like. <laughs> would you do that? You would do yeah. that. Smoking. Because they would, just, you know, just you and Jim Carrey with a big fat fucking joint. <laughs> imagine it'd be fun. That'd be good times. That'd have to be good times. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, so we've come to the end of our episode. And I would like to go ahead and end us here with uh, 
some shout outs. So we're going to give a shout out to our listeners here in the U.S. of A. Because mm. that's where we're from. And thanks to all of our listeners there. We also want to thank France, the United Kingdom, Germany, Australia, Ireland, and Japan. Uh, you yeah. guys have been there, you know, for us, listening to our episodes and keeping us going. And we it's would so, like to so say thank cool you. It's always so cool when we see that shit, too. Yeah, other yeah. countries that are listening. Yeah, it's really awesome. so cool. Every time um, we're like, oh, shit. Everybody listening, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah well, you had mentioned earlier the Grinch, where his, his heart grew three sizes that day. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. that's how I feel when I see it. I'm like, oh, we got love in this area, too. <laughs> right. So keep on loving us, guys. Uh, yeah. We love you, too. <laughs> yes, we do. Heart, heart. And on that. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye, guys.